0: This is Valley Watch on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM.
1: Hi, and welcome to Valley Watch, a show that's brought to you by our good friends at Bonneville Broadcasting. We are here in the KTAR studios in Midtown Phoenix. This is a show about public safety in the community that you live in. My name is Ron McDade. I'm a captain with the Phoenix Fire Department and a public information officer, but I am merely a co-host. I have another host.
2: That's what a co-host means. Co-host. Host. Yes. Just
1: co-host. Yes. Uh, That voice (laughs) you're hearing is Allie Pardee. She is a public information specialist with the Phoenix Fire Department. Allie, how are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. Uh, We've got a great guest here. uh, Somebody that I've known my whole career that does uh, an amazing job for the Phoenix Fire Department. He has, I would have to say he has one of the coolest jobs. On the fire department, uh, as far as yes, he makes a difference, but he gets to uh, fly in helicopters and hang underneath them, and go into trenches, and they, you know, overturn chemicals with green clouds and all that fun stuff. Uh, His name is Captain Bobby Dub. Now, Bobby, welcome.
2: Thank you very much. Uh, Why don't we just start... I'd have to agree with you that (laughs) I do have a really cool job.
1: (laughs) You (laughs) do. (laughs) When your picture or selfie is, hey, guys, I can't... We we tried to get the times together Mm -hmm. for him to come down here, and he... emailed back or texted us back and said, wow, this old man he emailed <laughs> us back, sent us a telegram <laughs> uh, and said, Hey, uh, I'll get, I'll, I'll get on the phone with you guys later. And he took a picture, of, you know, a thousand feet in the air in a helicopter. Yeah. And it, was it was pretty amazing. It was, it was, a, was a little really humble
0: cool. flex on it, us in the yes. text message. A little,
1: a little braggadocious. Yeah. Yes, yes, Much deserves. Uh, why don't we just start uh, for the listeners here? How long you been in the fire department and did you grow up here in Phoenix? And uh, your, your current title of what you do right now.
2: Yeah. So again, uh, my name is Bobby Dubno. My captain with Phoenix Fire Department with our special operations section. Uh, Going to be celebrating 31 years with uh, Phoenix wow. Fire Department here in October. And uh, I did grow up in Phoenix. Uh, not born here, but uh, moved here when I was uh, just a few months old. So kind of consider myself to be native. Uh, grew up in the schools here and uh, obviously uh, raised my family and Having a great career with the Phoenix Fire Department.
1: Very so, you cool. are what we would call. So, uh, for those listening, we've got on the Phoenix Fire Department, we have a lot of specialties. We've got firefighters that work at the airport, they've gone through special training to become our firefighters. We also have technical rescue team members, and they're the ones for building collapses, trench rescues, mountain rescues, everything you can think of, water rescues, water, water rescues, swift water rescues. And then we have our hazmat technicians, and they're going to go into those. Uh, very dangerous, you know, chip plants we have, or where there's uh, chemicals being used, natural gas leaks, but you encompass all of that, right? So you work on a vehicle called 957 North, and that you run out of station 52. So you've, you're strategically placed near the Deer Valley Airport, and why are you close to the Deer Valley Airport?
2: Uh, Well, of the many different functions that we have uh, as Car 957, one of them is uh, as a crew chief on Phoenix Firebird 10, which is our hoist uh, rescue helicopter. So it does put us in a nice strategic location close to the airport. But in all honesty, uh, our response area is kind of valley-wide, and we're uh, just about everywhere at any given time during the day. The shifts are uh, quite busy for us.
1: So, right, when we look at it, and, and Allie, you covered some of these uh, large-scale incidents that would perhaps take place in Glendale. They could take place, you know, right on the border in Tempe. Uh, with automatic aid here in the Valley, it's not uncommon to have red trucks, white trucks, yellow trucks, all mm-hmm. working together on a large incident. We all train together, we know that, but I think the importance of when you get into an area where you're setting up shoring we've got a partial building collapse Mm -hmm. we need that unified safety officer that the command is going to check with that that person that is a little bit removed they're not in all their gear they're they're strategically looking at it and that's bobby's job explain to us a little bit about what you do on 957 and the importance not only here in phoenix but what we provide for the valley-wide partners
2: yeah, sure. So 957, uh, you know, it's a pretty uh, complex p- uh, position in terms of the different hats that we wear and the different roles that we play, both um, in operations on these incidents as well as some of the uh, administrative and program management that we do. Um, when we uh, come on scene of these incidents, we act as the overall scene safety officer uh, as it pertains to the special operations components of that call. So whether it's a technical rescue incident or a hazardous material incident, uh, we're kind of that go-between uh, between the incident commander and the uh, the, either the rescue or the hazard sector to basically just challenge the plan, uh, just make sure everything is being done, you know, basically to procedure, uh, utilizing, you know, the best possible plan to get the best possible outcome.
1: When I've been on these scenes, and I know you've been on a few as well, Ali, it's amazing to me listening when uh, a, a plan is formalized and command will say, well, what's plan A and what would plan B with if it wouldn't be plan A? And while they would be the senior officer on scene, right, really everything falls to them at the end of the day. They are the command. I've never once heard really a command officer challenge 957's decision as, hey, after everything we've looked at, we're going with plan A. And I think that's important to make sure that that safety officer realizes that they're not going to be second-guessed on that scene because the safety is there. And you go on unique incidences. And there's not – we don't have a manual for – Okay, an ATV is upside down in a mine shaft and it's on top of a kid, but it's very close quarters and the shoring around it is unstable. Let's get him out and go. Right. And so that's a perfect example of a call that you went on. And uh, I think, Ali, you were there for that scene. So I sort of, I guess, gave a little bit away of a a recent (laughs) call. Well, not recent two years ago, but um, talk about the call that you were on and you just recently had some national media attention for it
2: yeah so you know we do uh as the nine five sevens and there's six of us to uh on shift each day um and we get to respond on a lot of calls uh many of them are very unique, very complex challenging incidents such as the one you're referring to, which uh was a mine shaft rescue we had up in uh the community of new river daisy mountain um and basically what happened is uh uh young. Uh, boy, about 17, maybe 18 at the time, was on a quad on one of the trail systems up there in uh, the county area, and he unfortunately uh, drove his quad into about a 40-foot vertical mine shaft uh, that was adjacent to the trail. Um, So Pretty complex incident. Obviously, the remoteness of it adds to the complexity of it just because we have to get a lot of manpower and a lot of equipment resources up to that location, which is not easy to do. Uh, And then, of course, it encompasses uh, several different technical rescue disciplines from the confined space element of it being inside a, a mine shaft to obviously all the, the vertical rope access challenges we have with any type of a vertical incident like that. Um, and then just the uh, the patient himself, you know, obviously very injured, critically uh, injured, critically right? injured uh, and which has a great outcome, which we can talk about here in a moment. But just the patient packaging, the extraction plan, uh, just a lot of different layers. This, Excuse me?
1: Was it, it was. Dusk, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the call came out. So, the call came out right
2: around the dinner hour. By the time we're, you know, kind of assembling enough resources to, you know, execute our rescue plan, uh, we definitely had darkness upon us there. So, uh, that again also adds to some of the complexity of these incidents. But uh, as you stated before, you know, we work in a really unique system here in the valley. we have a, what I would call just more of a regional team. It's mm-hmm. not just the Phoenix Fire Department technical rescue team. It's really the the, the greater Phoenix Valley uh, regional technical rescue team. Mm-hmm. So there's several departments around the valley. Uh, the ones that were there that afternoon, Phoenix, uh, Glendale, and Peoria, all responded in addition to the first two units from Daisy Mountain. Um, and it was a collective effort. You know, when we go through our initial training we all come through the same uh, training program that we actually sponsor down at Phoenix Fire Special Operations. So that could mean one class could have 21 members and they could be from five municipalities. From all different departments, similar to, you know, sometimes the when you go through recruit training, it's going to be a mm-hmm. similar mm-hmm. Uh, format to that.
0: Well, and it's it's cool to think about not even the initial training, just being, you know, different valley agencies, but then that continual training. You know, a couple years back, I went back, went out with you guys and did that mountain rescue training. And yes, it's the Phoenix, the city of Phoenix, helicopter with, you know, a big portion of the TRT folks being Phoenix Fire Department, but I remember there was Scottsdale, Tempe, everybody was out there going through that, you know, every day, that or the every week, if you will, mountain rescue training, so you guys are always, you see the guys, you know their name, it's not... Some, you know, a guy you hadn't seen in 10 years after going through that initial training, you train with them regularly.
2: Exactly, yeah. You know, it starts right there when you come through training and it just continues on through the course of your uh, special operations career. So Mm -hmm. every week we train on Tuesdays uh, to different disciplines that everybody uh, is uh, expected to be proficient in. And because we all went through training together, because we continue to train together when we come together on these incidents, it just makes for really seamless operations.
0: Which, I mean, considering how. Catastrophic that mine rescue shaft rescue could have been. It seemed pretty. I mean, looking back at it now, almost three years later, it's it was a remarkable rescue.
2: Yeah, and absolutely, and and you know, definitely there was some stars aligned that uh, that were in uh, uh, Jordan is the name of the boy that mm-hmm. that we rescued that that, that evening and. You know, without some of those stars, uh, probably wouldn't have had the great outcome. Mm -hmm. But for sure, the collective efforts of a lot of really well trained folks who went through uh, a lot of good uh, training throughout Mm -hmm. their careers is what, you know, was able to. safely get him out of there and to a definitive level of care at a hospital. And, and you know, we've, we've had just a great success story just reconnecting with that family. Jordan just finished his first year at ASU uh, and is just thriving. So yeah. it's a really feel-good thing to be able to, you know, be able to be a part of something like that.
1: Absolutely. We don't get that very often. I mean, I think we get it. But not as often as we would like, I think, about some of the calls that I've been on and rescues and good outcomes, but I don't know how it goes afterwards. So what was that like? You just recently filmed a national TV spot highlighting the efforts and you got to see Jordan again. That must have been rewarding for you and the crew.
2: It was it was, uh, and like I said, you know we we go on a lot of calls, some of them don't have great outcomes, and of the ones that do have great outcomes, we don't always get that connection back with the family and and get to really see uh, just exactly uh, what what we were a part of in terms of the impact that we had you know obviously it's a proud moment for us just to be able to execute something really complex like that to uh, to a degree that we did that mm-hmm. evening, but then to come back and see. Just the you human know, element just yes, it, yeah. all those all those human elements and just the love of the family and and the love they have for us, you know yeah. that that we were able to uh, you know basically bring their son back to him
0: It was a really cool experience, you know. This was a national coverage feel good story of reuniting the first responders with this victim that has had a great you know recovery story. But on top of that, that human element that maybe I'm more prone to, anyways. But <laughs> the fact that there was a really cool tie to all of it with the dad. Gordon's dad being in the public safety realm and he you know when he got that call he he his heart sank cuz he knew what this could really mean, and so then to see it come full circle, and then the mom and dad hugging you guys, thanking you, it, and the and the brother, all of that, it, it was it was awesome.
2: Yeah, for sure. You know, and a lot of us, you know, we have our own families and our own mm-hmm. sons and daughters, and and so we can certainly resonate with uh, with yeah. the mom and dad that's you know going through something so traumatic. Mm-hmm. And and again, yeah, there was a lot of uh, just human connection that that went on.
1: Yeah, well, and your then group. I'm oh. sorry to run a little on time. <laughs> okay, our, our producer just gave me the. Don't mess it up. So I normally miss the lunch. <laughs> yes. This just means we need to have Bobby back.
0: Yeah. no, We, we could to... talk forever about we all could. this stuff.
1: Well, thank you, Bobby. It, it, it's amazing. Absolutely. So when you see those folks up on the mountain, they're doing hard work, it's because of the great training with all of them. So, Bobby, thanks for being here. Allie, again, my co-host, thanks for all that you do here. Mm-hmm. And thank you folks for joining in, and we can't wait for you to join us next week.